Welcome to NFT Sundays, a weekly conversation around art and technology, brought to you by Dementi and the Museum of Crypto Art. Okay, welcome back to another episode of NFT Sundays. I'm Colborn Bell, Museum of Crypto Art. I am here with the incredible, the talented artist Federico Somai. Thank you so much for being with us today. My pleasure, Colborn. It's a pleasure. Yes, thank you. I, I like to start every episode um, turning it over to you. You know, I'd love to hear anything you'd like to share about yourself, your story, uh, and your art. Oh, sure. Yeah, I would say that uh, my story is kind of like uh, uh, unusual because, uh, like many artists of my generation, I never had the traditional, like, uh, you know, college, gra- graduate path, uh, you know, uh, didn't go to any fancy uh, school I simply like you know at one point I desire I desired to become an artist and uh, I was born in Italy in uh, uh, you know in 1973 and and I thought the only place to me um, to make uh, my dream true is to come to New York you know and at one point you know in 1999 I had the courage to come here and I reinvent my life and I came to New York and I never left so um my traditional uh, you know culture was to admire the old masters and step by step i you know i try to understand modernism like you know i try to understand american art uh, always uh, you know with uh, a lot of books since i don't have any professor or any uh, mentor and step by step i was able to uh, to start to exhibit around 2003 2004 in some in some cool gallery in Brooklyn, and uh, I start to get involved, like in a lot of exhibition in traditional uh, gallery museum, New York, LA, Miami, and uh, step by step I was able uh, to be imported also in Europe and in Asia. So, and uh, uh, you know, step by step I was able to uh, create, uh, uh, I would say, like a work that was both inspired by great tradition of European and ancient culture and old masters, but also uh, combining the new technology that were start to uh, come to our, you know, our disposal. Like, you know, for example, like, you know, uh, around 2003, I uh, become to be interested in gaming technology. And in particular, like, you know, I remember I bought the Grand Theft Auto, like, you know, uh, and the PlayStation 2. I remember it was like a, a complete shock because I said, wow, this is crazy. I can, you know, steal this police car, <laughs> jump into, into uh, this, this car, changing the radio station and driving through the street where I live. So, and I started to say, wow, you know, you know what about I try to do, a, you know, a recording of my, uh, you know, the video game, uh, you know, that I was playing. Uh, and what about I tried to split it into frames and translate it into drawing? So mm. this was like uh, 2004, I did my video animation uh, in which I combined, you know, you know, gaming assets and gaming technology with drawings and painting, like, you know. And immediately I thought that changed my life, you know. Mm. It changed my life immediately because uh, I said, wow, of course this didn't happen immediately, but uh, Within a few months, I said, I need to start to create my own assets. I, I start to create, need to create my 3D model. I start, I need to create my gaming environment. So in a way, I can create a, 
a parallel universe that resemble the one in which we live, but I can tweak the narrative, I can tweak the story, like, you know, so that was how everything uh, uh, began, like, you know, at one point I realized around 2003 that uh, drawings, which you can see in, in, my, in the back, which are very important to me, they were not anymore enough for me, you know, drawings and paintings were, were not enough because I wanted to tell stories, I wanted to, uh, you know, I was very interested in social commentary work, you know, and, and what is better than moving image, you know, what is better than moving image? In order to uh, try to get involved, not just as super educated and intellectual, but also like moving image is able to connect to any kind of class of society. And to me, this was a, was a very important uh, starting point. Okay, as from the collector side, when I first saw your work, I was blown away, blown away. And I remember who was picking off those first pieces and it was like a who's who of, of the collector's list. So I, I remember jumping in there and for me, you know, I saw uh, the, the Pope, right? This it just incredible character that you've developed, you started by, by releasing your characters, yes. right? And then, and then you slowly introduced the world. Um, yes. And in kind of like the studio visit with you, I saw just the incredible attention, immaculate attention to detail every step of the way. Um, and, you know, we'll be we'll be showing your work along with this so people can see. Um, but just can can you describe that process of um, of starting with the character and building it up and building the story? Uh, and how you kind of imbue each step of the way with your touch? Yeah, like, you know, again, like, you know, the most important thing to me was uh, to be an artist, you know, before, of course, I jumped also into NFT. I came with a lot of experience, you know. So, but, you know, if we start from uh, my traditional career, I always been an artist that I wasn't there just to please American aristocracy, you know, and please uh, the 1%. To me, I was here with the mission of uh, expressing, like, you know, often some truth that people don't want to hear. For example, like, you know, I was probably, you know, like uh, one of the first artists in the traditional art world that was criticizing American narrative, American historical narrative, which now is the number one trend in, uh, in, in the arts, you know. So uh, for me, having an in a cultural impact was number one thing, you know. In fact, for many years, with the kind of media that I, I, I use, which is video and digital uh, mainly at work, I really hard time, like, you know, to support this uh, huge project, you know? So, but anyway, um, you know, like uh, things are happen uh, mostly like uh, through, uh, usually a series is born when there is something shocking it happened in society, for example, the 2010 economic crisis was for me. I remember I created this uh, uh, video installation called Luzbeck City. It was a satire on Wall Street and all the financial market. So step by step, I started to create the first character, which in the crypto world hasn't been seen yet, but it's one of my favorite characters. Character is called Dick Richman. And basically what I did, I took the G-Man from Half-Life 2, which was a, a, very, uh, a very revolutionary character, and I simply replace the digital texture with my hand-painted texture, like, you know, and with extreme simplicity, I create a world that 
extremely unique. Like, you know, they're probably like it's kind of shocking for the simplicity uh, of, uh, you know, because when you paint, uh, when you replace digital texture with unpainted texture, I mean, immediately you're outside the sphere of video game. Like, you know, you, you enter into a sort of like cinema kind of like, uh, um, so most of the case, definitely the society that uh, surround me is the number one, uh, uh, the trigger, you know, a series. And for sure, like, you know, uh, I'm very influenced by books, probably because I'm self-educated, I've been obsessed about books still today. Uh, I'm reading from financial book to historical book to poetry and, you know, so all of these kind of books. And somehow, when I, when, I, when I find, like, you know, a book that really intrigued me, I try to translate into image the world that are somehow I'm kind of like, uh, you know, and of course, always like tweaking and reinventing and mixing, you know, with all of my reference from, uh, you know, old master, like, you know, and, and contemporary culture, like, you know, so, and, you know, this is, for example, the drawing that is behind me is kind of like a very example, like, you know, basically we have uh, Warren Buffett uh, dressed as a 16th century nobleman, we have... Uh, um, Offer Winfrey dresses Cleopatra, but somehow there's something in between avatars and saint, you know. So you have this sort of like metaverse environment, like you know, um, yeah, again, like you know, it's this kind of blending of like uh, all of my knowledge that I develop uh, and my passion about the craft of making art and, and contemporary culture, like you know, um, you know, and that's that's what really trigger me uh, and of course what excited me is to delivering this thought this work that i have in many different media you know you see we have a drawing with pastel that simulate the metaverse environment but this character they're going to be soon painted and bring it into a video video game environment like you know so and uh, to a vr uh, experience you know and this is what, yeah, this is what really attracted me to crypto art in the, in the first place. And your work in particular is this, this subtle subversion, uh, this, this subtle play with history, kind of like shining the mirror to, to what was and then like expanding the possibilities of what could be. Um, you know, when I first went into your bathhouse experience, yeah in virtual reality, I was blown away because this was so far forward um, as just an, an art piece that it could not be really even like conceptualized in a commercial aspect. But mm -hmm. the whole scene itself really reminded me of just like the behind closed doors, like gross excess of like yeah. the New York City club scene at a time prior to, to social media. Um, so, yeah, and if I can add something, Colborn, like, uh, you know, I tell you very briefly the story. So this, uh, this piece that I developed uh, in 2021 has been in my head for many years, like, you know, and everything starts from an affresco, from affrescos by uh, Annibale Carracci called The Triumph of Bacchus, which was his masterpiece, and basically you know, I just took this idea of how, how, how can I create an immersive experience like you have when you are going on incredible frescoes using digital tools, you know. And when, when I, I start to uh, work with VR, 
my ultimate goal was to reach in a digitalized world the experience of people that are going to see the Sixteen Chapel, like you know, uh, and also the theme, the Bacchanalians, the bathhouse. These are theme that somehow, since the ancient Roman, they were showing the complete, uh, you know, indulgence of aristocracy and, and, and the ruling class. And in this case, I brought all this character from ancient Greece to contemporary America, to ancient Egypt, to 19th century, 20th century Italy. So I blend all of this character into a no time space in which I like to show how, you know, the ruling class and, and the super wealthy, they're so detached from everyone else, you know, and, and that was like, um, you know, like, uh, this was the real goal of the bathhouse, you know, and, and this uh, and this world, you know. Where can people experience the bathhouse? Well, the people they can experience very soon. Uh, I'm gonna install it at the Morris Museum on September 13, 15. Uh, I have a solo show, and we we both gonna show the six by twenty feet installation, but also the VR experience. But also because I I care a lot about the people that are not, they cannot physically attend my exhibition, you can go to VR chat with your own avatar and you just search in the world, you search for bathhouse or Federico Solmi and you can jump into the bathhouse with your character and meet with your friend, you know, so. It is a highly recommended experience. Yeah, it was, um... Frankly, it was when I began working with artists to put on solo shows, it was the type of immersion inside of the artist's minds that I was really hoping to create. And in all my time in this space, I really, and I say this truly, I have not seen anything as powerful as that work that you've created. Um, and, Thank I, you. and I know you've talked before about doing other scenes uh you know gallery work that had really like no commercial application oh never and that to me to me you know um i, w I was very lucky that i found great supporter great collector but you know i never done the typical things that everybody does which is like oil on canvas and things like this i was always been pushing the boundary to an extreme and uh, you know to me as long as i could, I could pay my assistant and and be able to create a legacy, a strong vision, that, that, that that's all I need, you know? So, uh, collector are important, curator are important, but I never develop work with the idea of selling, because I know if you do great work, you know, you're gonna sell no matter what. Maybe it takes five years, 10 years, you know? Yeah. You know, when I did the bathhouse, I said, wow, I think like, you know, this will take maybe a couple of years just to get understood, another three or four to get into the museum that I wanted, and maybe 10 to be acquired, you know? So yeah. that, that, that's, you know, that's, that's to me is, is normal, you know, so. Yeah. In my opinion, a, a, a real masterpiece. Um, and even, you know, the glimpses of you showed me of, of stuff that you're working on is, is so far ahead. I, I have nothing but respect for the, the way that the values of your artwork kind of like transmutes into you as a person and you just continue to push, 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 like everything, yeah. everything to the max, like razor thin margin. Um, it's I'm a hard head, hard head, you know? <laughs>
<laughs> well, you know, I think, I think, uh, well, first of all, let me add you one thing. Like, you know, it's great that, you know, like, uh, you know, also I remember when you talk about uh, uh, your museum, the church, you know, if you think about it, like, you know, we're talking about immersive experience, but think about the first time art was, you know, somehow brought into this uh, planet. We're cave. Yeah. We're cave. The cave was an immersive, must have been an incredible immersive experience. And when we think about it, like, you know, um, you know, video installation, early cinema, can you imagine the, the emotional impact to go and see one of the German expressionist uh, film in the 1920 with a live orchestra playing the soundtrack like you know so um in a way you know we do so many so much progress so much progress but then we realize that uh, we always have a sort of nostalgic uh, view of the world in a way to me the vr was uh, was represent that like you know to give to the to the viewer a very intimate connection with the world built by the artist and also the incredible things about VR is that the spectator, instead of being simply in front of a video, became the, become the narrator. So he can, with this controller, he can decide the story, you know, and these are, these are very important things conceptually, I think, in my opinion. You know? and, I, and I mean, maybe that's what resonated so powerfully for me with the bathhouse is that you know, I was no longer kind of on the outside looking in, I was a participant, right? So yeah. I, I yeah. presume the identity of, of effectively myself, the immersion is so strong and powerful that you are a participant, you're drinking champagne, you know, you're smoking cigars, you're running through the, the bathhouse waters. Um, and kind of just in relation to your work, uh, you know, how and where we're going as like society and, and people uh, how powerful is that VR mechanism to you to one, like transport people out of themselves, but also for them to like in for it to induce empathy of different situations and experiences? I, I agree, like, you know, uh, because, uh, you know, in front of the Mona Lisa, you, you know, is an incredible painting, you know, but, 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 but you're never in control, like, you know, so, and I think the more, the more, um, you know, we're moving forward, uh, for sure, like, you know, VR uh, or tools that are similar to VR, or, or, or for example, like immersive video, immersive cinema experience, you know, this kind of like room in which, uh, you know, uh, in which uh, the, the spectator can enter into a world and basically enter into a world, it means escaping from this world, which, which, which is really what a lot of people need, you know, like, uh, you know, the success of like, uh, of like, uh, you know, gaming and, uh, and, uh, you know, the digital world and it's because people, they, they feel the need to escape from, from reality, like, you know, and that's cannot, under, be, can, cannot be underestimated. And I really actually think that Grand Theft Auto Point is so salient because that's, that's what I remember. You know, suddenly here is this world with all these rules and, and then suddenly you get to be on the other side and break them. Um, and you get that weird, like, sensory satisfaction of, you know, being able to be more free. Uh, yes. Yeah. 
And, you know, I, I remember that very, very fondly as well. To me, my biggest memory was uh, the shock of like, be able to change the radio station because, you know, people now take for granted anything, but, uh, but you know, to be able to go in a police car and put Frank Sinatra, I mean, <laughs> was, was, was like shocking, like, you know, yeah. and, um, and uh, yeah, you know, like, you know, and, and look what happened. Like, you know, I remember when I did this first video animation, of course, nobody took me seriously because especially in the traditional world, they were saying, oh, look at that. This guy is playing with the popular culture, low, low bro culture, you know, but in my head, I said, man, I need 10 years. I need 10 years to build six or seven major uh, video work, which, you know, they would take at the time, sometime one to two years to develop, uh, you know, videos that were very complex, create all my own assets. And, uh, and uh, yeah, and I believe it, you know, I knew that, uh, you know, the gaming, the gaming world will, will, take, will take over, like, you know, so there's no question about it. You know? Yeah, yeah. And I guess I have to ask, you know, the, the, the beautiful paintings behind you, uh, what compels you also to, to return to that medium? Well, believe it or not, uh, you know, since you came to my studio, uh, I was kind of stuck a little bit, like, you know, as we discussed. And what I did, I took some of the most iconic image that I create digitally and I converted into sketch and drawings and pastel. And uh, while I'm working on, uh, on this image, they were unresolved. I was taking note and now everything is so clear to me, like, you know, um, you know, uh, I did so much progress since you came to the studio, and I was stuck for a few for a few weeks. You know, you know, I think like uh, this back and forth of like uh, uh, virtual world and the tradition it give an answer to one another. Like you know, so this image, they're basically like you know, uh, this digital skeleton that that uh, are coming from. Uh, uh, the character I create with Blender in, uh, you know, and, and basically I transport it into a wood panel. And when I start to do this line with ink, they completely change into something like, you know, um, and, and this, this, this is sort of like a medit I don't know, med 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 meditation to give me the answer of, uh, of, 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 of this, you know, very tricky condition of creating like a, a new body of work, you know. And again, we discussed at the studio, like, you know, for many years I was working into trying to discover the, the inaccuracy of uh, American historical narrative, you know, uh, with all of the injustice and all of these, uh, you know, lies, you know. I spent probably like uh, six to seven years, like, you know, uh, when, when it was no fun. And I remember that people would say, Federico, you can say this, right? No, you know. So anyway, so and uh, you know, a year ago, two years ago, when everybody started doing this kind of work, I said, "Wow, I need to try to imagine the society of the future." Like, you know, because uh, we have all of these incredible changes in society, and let's try to think, "Oh, how will be the metaverse? What, what kind of world will be?" So, and I, I have this idea of creating, like, you know, this world that you know, of course, is not a physical world. And somehow there is so little elements that are out there to, to try to envision how society will be, how monuments are going to be. They're going to be hologram instead of building 
of course, statue. They're simply going to replace when a hero or a myth got out of fashion. They're simply going to swap a USB flash drive. They're going to project, like, you know. So, yeah, I, you know, I, you know, are we going to live in buildings? Are we going to, you know, I, so all of these kind of questions, like, you know, and actually, I didn't really find a book, uh, you know, that uh, they helped me to envision uh, this. World. So that's why, like, you know, I think I've been struggling, like, you know, uh, a bit. But, you know, the last few weeks, this, I had a blast, like, you know, so I, I had a blast. I, you know, I find this more and more and, and hear people talking about it. But many have spent, you know, two years, a year, just like fully into this thing, like hyper obsessed. But there has to be a return to some balance, some kind of, you know, spectrum of the work. And, and that's what I really love. I love like, you know, when you're when you might be stuck here to return to the physical, like as you know, when I'm stuck on the museum, you know, as you said earlier, I'm building a giant cave, right? And this is just like exactly. one of those long-term projects. Uh, so to, to bounce back and have kind of the physical inform the digital uh, and have that blend as you kind of painted that TV with, with you know, the, the commentary in it, it's, um, it's exceptional. And, and I think that is something that is like a very important lesson for people to begin to like grasp and synthesize that it, it can't just be all on the gas, on the digital, all the time. Yeah, I think like, you know, um, in a way, uh, I don't know if, if I'm lucky or unlucky, but uh, I am a kind of an artist that uh, is really um, living the moment in which we don't understand when the physical world ends and the virtual begins. Like, you know, in a way, this conflict that is in society uh, which I believe a lot of artists, they are very sensitive. I feel, you know, in a way, is this conflict that, uh, that uh, I'm carrying uh, every day. Like, you know, so that, uh, you know, I'm tremendously attached to history and nature and the physical war. But at the same time, I understand how attractive is, you know, the, a war that is in the making, like, you know, so... And um, and I think like you know this dichotomy like you know is uh, is something that uh, is more present in younger artists, 20 years younger than me. But since I always been involved into cutting edge, uh, you know, technology and working with students probably, and uh, you know, teaching university and being exposed and look for always, uh, you know. The, where are society? Where society is going? Uh, I think that uh, I'm sort of embracing this kind of like struggle, you know. And uh, I think you can see it in all of the work, like you know, the, you know, like this idea of like these icons that are something between avatar and saint, uh, you know, a religious figure or character that can be playing a game, like you know. So. Um, it, it, yeah, it goes back to the way we, we tell stories. It's totally universal. Like, we, I don't know Warren Buffett. You don't know Oprah Winfrey. Like, so who are they to us? They're kind of like the projection of a character inside of something that is being fed for, yeah. for a reason and in a system that is very much self-propagating. Um, 
texts. So we only really know them in the virtual or as like a symbol of something that is perhaps designed to be aspirational. Uh, it, yeah, it feels very unreal. It feels very fake. Well, the moment in which like, you know, you have this, this big giant character that they are populating our media and uh, the moment that they are there, like, you know, uh, they're looking at us from above to below, you know. So in a way, I think America and myself and many other people, we are obsessed with myth. And uh, but it's not just America, the ancient Greek, they were obsessed so, by myth. So in a way, like, you know, we are haunted by create this yeah. character there bigger than life and until 20 years ago like you know it was just like in the media and on tv now an avatar like or, or like a, a gaming character can become as big as uh, as one of these figures for example i remember like you know i go again like you know many people that are involved into into the gaming uh, i remember the g-man when it came out like you know this kind of character that resemble like a you know, um, a very aristocratic, detached, uh, cold uh, character. I think, like, you know, for many young uh, um, people that now they are adult, it was like a, an icon like Marilyn Monroe. Like, you know, I think, like, you know, the virtual world can also create this, uh, this, uh, this kind of impact to a new generation, like, you know. Which is kind of interesting, like, you know. I hope, you know, I hope there is a way to like translate the attention that is placed on somebody like Kim Kardashian uh, into like who is the person that you want to be and represent yourself as. And I think this is very much the, the promise of the metaverse is that like there is a way to more fully represent what you imagine instead of kind of what you idolize. And in that, there is. Yes. More of an equilibrium and balance of power. Yes, uh, you know, I agree. I agree. Yeah. Uh, you know, like uh, in a way, uh, people they cannot free themselves in society because of, obviously maybe they have a position that they cannot let go themselves. Like you know, they can go wild in into the virtual world. So because at, at the end, like you know, if you think about American society, and I, I don't want to criticize just American society because. I'm just saying about American society because I've been spending over 20 years. So who are the people that can really say the truth? Yeah. I mean, it cannot be a corporate executive. It cannot be a politician. You know, everyone, they are so entangled into, into these power games that really one of the few people that they can say what really they think about the world, which really is their artists. They're artists. Yeah. Yeah. And this is few artists because a lot of artists are in my same situation they're just very busy in cashing in or they're afraid to you know break like you know the you know like some kind of equilibrium like you know so um yeah this is an amazing thing like art is still more than ever an incredible role in society like you know and i think this going back to crypto art i think this is the power of this market like you can choose to be totally anonymous. You can have your work shared. It doesn't have to pass through any intermediary. It is immutable. It is uncensorable. Uh, and in that, it is a form of truth telling. Uh, and, you know, I saw so much 
more boldness and creativity of spirit in the early days of this, when people, frankly, thought that they weren't being watched, right? Um, and then, like a lot of, in my opinion, the best artists in the space, when the world turned its eyes on them, well, then it's like, it's, it's too much, yeah. and the narrative gets all shifted and, and changed. So it is... Of course, like, you know, I think, like, you know, um, in my understanding, like, you know, I'm very curious to see, you know, how all of these, uh, let's say, leading crypto artists that uh, have been on the space since 2017, they're going to be able to reinvent themselves. Because, you know, for example, like, you know, in my career, which I've been showing for almost 20 years, I constantly reinvent, you know, my media and the delivery, like, you know, so, and, uh, you know, like, I think because at the end, a great artist is not an artist that has a, a good season of three years, you know, Right. A, a good artist uh, is an artist that uh, step by step with the up and down of career that occurred to anyone is able to impose to the world his own vision, you know, and not necessarily everyone has to embrace it, you know, and, you know, but, but, but I think like legacy, coherence and to create this universe that uh, is very unique and it's not repetitive. It's, it's just it's tremen tremendously important. And, and, and um, you know, we are in a very early phase still of, of the crypto uh, world. Like, you know, so um, it's been to me incredible to be exposed to some of these leading artists because for, for me it was, uh, you, know, a, you know, a breath of, of fresh air, you know? So I see a world that uh, was blooming blooming you know and and uh, it was very inspiring to see things that we never never seen in a traditional world you know but now you know i would like to see step by step especially the leading artists you know that uh, they're able to take it to the next level like you know and i know some they can you know it's it's actually i can think of actually names of people that i know will be able to do it and there's other people who i know must be incredibly stuck um because it, it and then we see the real artist yeah yeah exactly you know and then in you know three five ten years we get to see too many people treated it like a marathon uh like a gold rush and yeah that's that's not good yeah, it's really good, you know, yeah. because uh, you know intimacy. I, I mean, it sounds like absurd, you know, but intimacy and uh, and also, you know, I don't want to feel like uh, too much of like uh, nostalgic. But an artist also need to have some doubt, need to question himself, and when you have success, 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 you know, automatically become like a factory, like you know. So I don't know. I yeah. feel uh, I feel that they. A good up and down, you know, they're very good for the art and for the artist, like, you know, even if it's not fun to be in a down period, uh, it's not fun at all. You know? Well, I know that well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. This idea that, this idea that, uh, that uh, you always slightly underestimate, you always want to make it bigger, you always want to try, you know, that is good things for art. That's good things for art, yeah. like, you know. That's good thing for the space, you know? That's what I was saying before uh, about you. Is I just respect the hunger. 
right? I just yeah. respect the hunger. It does everything you do is a Sistine Chapel on top of a Sistine Chapel on top. And I know it will just never stop because what you see and what you want to build and the way you create uh, is like from the ground up building just a tower to the sky, really. Like, Yeah. And in fact, one of my favorite books I ever read was uh, called Anger by Newt Amsel, who was a Norwegian writer. And basically, you know, it was written, I think, around 1899, 1900. And it was a phenomenal, phenomenal book about an artist with incredible potential that was basically starving because, uh, you know, like, you know, the path of, you know, being a successful artist was, was very, you know, it's sometimes very long, like, you know, but I, I can, you know, anger is a, is a very important thing, like, you know, and, and in fact, uh, if you want to talk about the most probably well-known artist in the world, Picasso, uh, his most productive uh, decade was from 80 to 90, you know, that's what, when Picasso did the most number of work, I mean, say it all, the guy had everything, but uh, he was starving to make art. He was desperately busy to, to fight death, to, to fight, uh, you know, like uh, just being a successful artist, you know. So um, that's, that's an example that, uh, that young artists should look, you know. From 80 to 90, try to have the power, man. From <laughs> 80 to 90, people from yeah. 80 to 90, most of the people, they never get there. But, you know, that, that's what I want to be, you know. Yeah. No matter what, if I have success or, or like, you know, we're going a down period, I think, like, you know, uh, you know, the motivation, the one that kick you out of bed is, is what, what, a, what the artist should dream, you know. I've learned a lot in this conversation, man. Thank you. This was, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, because I, I feel, I feel that so much too. And it was, you know, obviously part of my motivation to like get out of a boxed house and like into a church and invite people in. And I think kind of we need these new spaces. We need these new environments. Um, we need to kind of like lift the ceiling on everything. And the the beauty, of course, of the space is that it does really push people to uh, push themselves, but also to kind of like come together uh, and create bigger and think about different models and new models because the metaverse as like digital land and digital community, it feels totally, totally wide open. Um, yeah, and in a way it's pretty, from an artist's point of view, you're pretty much doing the same things that I'm doing in, the, in my studio. So you're trying to, bring some something that they belong technically to the to the virtual realm you want to put in a physical screen into into a church so in a way you try to sanctify this 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 virtual uh, uh, creation into you know a place of cult you know right. uh, and that's pretty amazing you know because uh, i think that uh, it's great that this work could be seen uh, online and can be shared for billions of people, but it's also nice. And I did it the other day. I put, uh, I had a couple of friends I haven't seen in five years. They came to my home and we put 
the NFT, the melancholic seer uh, about uh, Elon Musk. I put it in my big TV. I loop it, and people love it. And I actually yeah. I love it too. Like you know, it's nice that uh, you know, it's nice that everyone can do that too. You know. Yeah. So. Yeah, I'll um, have to I'll have to project the the Pope right next yeah, to the stained glass yeah, for you. I'll, yeah, I'll send that would be. That. That would be, you know, that would be interesting. Yeah. Uh, In a church. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, uh, we we got to wrap. So please uh, first tell people where they can see your upcoming solo show. Yeah. Um, I, I, you know, have, uh, first of all, check my uh, NFT in SuperEarth just to understand uh, what uh, I've been doing or my website, FedericoSolvi.com. I have two main projects that are happening right now. One is this uh, uh, survey exhibition of the past uh, uh, 10 years of my work at the Morris Museum in Morristown, New Jersey, open on September 15th. It's going to be up for five months. And also for this uh, exhibition, I have uh, a, a book uh, coming, um, which uh, is a, a very important book. It's a monograph. It will explore all of my career and uh, is... Uh, uh, printed by Black Dog Press in the UK and is going to be uh, soon available like uh, uh, in October 2022. These are two major projects that I've been working for so much. Super. Yeah. Congratulations on both. That's it's really Thank exciting. You. Yeah. Uh, we'll send it home. I'm Colborn Bell, Museum of Crypto Art, artist Federico Solmai. Uh, and thank you, Dementi, so much for putting this all together. Thank you so much, guys. Ciao, ciao. Ciao, ciao. Breaking news.